Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I don't see anybody holding the Bible reading that I missed. Okay. All right. This morning we had a repeat of uh, that same situation, and I realized I had just overlooked him. So, um, we're not going to read the Bible tonight. Sorry. Just put them away. Bible's set aside for the night. You don't like it, do you, Jane? I don't blame you. <laughs> All right. This morning we talked about freedom versus rights and the desire that all people have to be free, meaning to be secure. And we talked about spiritual security, of course, with God and how to have that. So I wanted tonight to address a question that comes up a number of times. A question that says, do people have the right to be wrong? That's the question. It comes up a lot. We talk about it a lot. I've heard it from many standpoints, heard many different answers. So I wanted to make sure we have a time to spend a few moments discussing that idea. So as I'm thinking about it today, and working on the concept, I got thinking about the Bill of Rights, and then I thought about law, and then for some reason my mind said, I wonder, are there any really strange laws? Well, I found a list. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to leave the paper sitting here if you want to come look at it. But in, these are laws that are still on the books in certain states. So here are ways that you can be fined or imprisoned in certain states. For instance, in Alabama, it's illegal to pretend to be a religious figure. You can't pretend to be a minister, a nun, a priest, or a rabbi. And you can't play dominoes on a Sunday. You can't hunt. You can't shoot. You can't play cars, cards, or you can't race. And yet they let the Talladega 500 go. Interesting. Okay? That's on the books. That's just fact. All right? Let's see. In California... Here's a law. A frog that dies during a frog jumping contest can't be eaten, and you must destroy it as soon as possible. You know, they don't have any other problems to work on in California that they would spend time thinking about frogs jumping. I, I noticed that. In Delaware, it is a misdemeanor to sell, barter, or offer the fur of domestic dogs or cats. Any products made in whole or in part may result in a fine of $2,500 and a ban of owning a dog or a cat for 15 years after the conviction. 
And this includes shedded fur. Okay? I don't know what's going on there. Is it my connection again? I'll see. All right. When you're in Florida, during a hurricane, you are not allowed to sell alcohol. I'm just, the surmise is to keep people from throwing hurricane parties. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. In South Berwick, Maine, it is illegal to park in front of Dunkin' Donuts. Those spots are reserved for the police officers. <laughs> That's just a fact. I think they're just keeping that concept going there, you know, okay? Let's see here. If you're in North Carolina, you're not allowed to use an elephant to till your cotton field. I wonder when the last time that was done. I just don't even know. <laughs> well, the, uh, I think Randy and Janet are on the way to North Dakota, is it? Or is it South Dakota? I think it's North Dakota. They better watch out because in North Dakota, it is illegal to lie down and fall asleep with your shoes on. Somebody better text Randy right quick and make sure that he doesn't do that. Rhode Island has a law in the books that says it's illegal for you to bite off someone's limb. Oh, I'm glad they have that on the books. That's all I can say. Now, by the way, in the state of Washington... Bigfoot has been declared an endangered species. You're not to kill or trap him. I'm glad to know that. A couple of them that are interesting, for instance, in Kentucky, it's still apparently on the books. David would come as close to knowing as anybody, I suppose, that um, if you're a public officer, a legislator, or a lawyer, you can't duel. It's still, still there. Well, oh, well, I think, I don't know if we need to take it off or not, but it's there. In fact, each, each person has to take an oath if you run for an office that states you've never fought with a, in a duel with a deadly weapon. And you had to take that oath, David. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Now try this. Blasphemy is illegal in Michigan. Isn't that fascinating? Blasphemy. There are a lot of other ones here that one more that you and I would probably appreciate even though the concept of having the law in Virginia it is still illegal to be sexually active without being married. Now, this whole idea of being right and being wrong, I mean rights and freedom and, and the concepts that go along with that, 
it's a, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, those laws say something interesting. Uh, and there are some other ones on there that are really fascinating. I'll, I'll leave this paper down here. If you want to uh, come and, and take a look at it, then you go right ahead and, and do so. Um, do we have the right to be wrong? Well, let's figure out, first of all, what do we mean by the word rights? Now, we could go to Scripture and find out what it means, but basically, you know, we're going to get there in a minute, but basically the idea is rights are having access to certain things simply because you are a human. Now, that pretty well defines the idea it means to have a right. You are human, and being human gives you access to this. Okay? Now, those rights become enumerated in different ways. For instance, uh, universally, we would expect, I would expect, that there are certain things that I would find everywhere, and, and the rights would be there. I would expect, no matter where I go, that Every person should feel that they are not going to be murdered tomorrow. I mean, that just makes sense to me. And so there are some natural, big, universal things that define rights. Another way is to think of it as in countries or in places. There are rights enumerated for certain areas, not for others, and for certain periods of time. The time might run out, or the time is different. So there are some boundaries that are connected to rights. Rights also would differ, let's say, in a family. In a family. You have the right in this family, because it's been determined, to do things this way, but this family does it this way. And so those rights are different. And so when you ask the question, do we have a right to be wrong? You have to take all of these things into consideration. Now let me suggest, let me suggest that rights, when you think of it the way we talk about it in our country and person to person, I want to suggest that rights come from a source to a subject. And that's how rights are granted. From a source to a subject. And that's what gives rights. So rights are granted. They are bestowed. They are given. And these are the concepts behind deciding, can I be, do I have the right to be wrong? Now, if you've already formulated an answer, then let me ask a few other questions and see how your answer fits with these questions. And if you've not formulated your answer, then use these questions to think about your answer to the big one. For instance, does anyone have the right 
to be morally insensitive. Do we have the right to be morally insensitive to other people? And when we ask the question, do I have the right to be wrong? I need to know, do I have the right to make fun of that person because they're different? To speak ill of that person because I don't like them? Is it okay for me to be morally sensitive? Do I have the right to be? How about this one? Do I have the right to make wrong decisions? When I answer that question, do I have the right to make a wrong decision? That's different than the first question. Because we would probably rate those differently, morally insensitive versus just a wrong decision. We would probably say, well, now wait a minute, those are different things. But they all fall in the same category. How about this one? Do I have the right to be illegal? Have I been granted the right to be illegal? So now, when I ask the question and I say, okay, God, I'm trying to figure out, do I have the right to be wrong? Then I must address the question whether I've been granted the right to be illegal. Does our country give me the right to be illegal in any way? I say this a lot because I don't know that I've ever experienced it in the same way like I have here through all of these years because it comes up often. I think about that illegality every time I drive on the campus at EKU in the summertime when nobody's there. And you can't see a car anywhere except yours. And you're sitting at a red light. And then it changes right there and it allows this car to go. You know, it's got that one thing. Comes off by the plant there. And after you've let this mystery car go and those mystery cars, now I get to go. In the middle of nowhere, do I have the right to be illegal? Just go ahead and go. Interesting. How about this? Do I have the right to be wrong as long as nobody else knows about it? Now stir that one in. Now, admittedly, I intended when I got to that point thinking about it, I should have worn my steel-toed boots. Because now I'm stepping on me, but I'm probably stepping on a few people. The idea that says, as long as nobody finds out about it, then I have the right to do it. Or how about this? Do I have the right to be wrong and wait it out until the time changes 
or until people decide that it's no longer wrong. Or maybe, do I have the right just to keep on doing it until I decide that it's no longer wrong? Did God give me that right? Well, I think those questions are things that we have to think about to answer this question. Now, there are things. There is a way in which we might answer the question, yes, you have the right to be wrong. At least as it relates to the world in which we live. Secularly, we have the right in this country to be a part of any church we want to be a part of. So as it relates to religious freedom or religious rights, no matter what you do, you pretty close have the right to do it religiously. Now there are some things, of course, that don't fit that parameter if you set up a church for the purpose of laundering money, I would imagine that would not be a good thing. You couldn't do that. But generally speaking, if it's a religious concept, our country gives us that right. And God says in Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2, we obey the government. And in obeying the government, I would not want to fight against people's rights. I would want to teach them. But We've been granted that right to be wrong as it relates to religious freedom. Number two, we have been granted by God free choice. Joshua 24 verse 15, when Joshua was leading the people of Israel into the promised land, he said, choose this day whom you will serve. And he gave them two options. The gods your fathers served or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua said, you have the right to make your own choice. So, as humans talk about it, Joshua said, yes, we have the right to be wrong. Joshua was not saying, whichever one you go is okay. He said, you have the right to choose it. Scripture also says that I have the right to my opinion. And you have the right to your opinion. As long as it does not violate clear Bible teaching. And we don't have to spend a lot of time looking at Roman or 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Romans 14, where the discussion about foods that the Jewish people, their concepts had, or 
the foods offered to God, sacrifices, and then sold at the marketplace. Eat it or don't eat it. And there's a, Paul never said it's right or wrong in itself. He just said, make sure you don't cause somebody to stumble. But I have the right to an opinion, and I can hold that opinion, and you can hold your opinion. But here's the big question. Maybe we should ask it a different way. Instead of asking the question, do I have the right to be wrong? Maybe I should understand that as, do I have the opportunity to be wrong? And nobody will disagree with that. We all have the opportunity to be wrong. But I wonder if because of the mentality with which we have all been raised as a part of this country and talking about our rights and the things that we deserve and don't get in the way of my rights, that we have now changed opportunity, what really is opportunity, and we call it rights. Because I think the answer to the question is pretty clear. My opinion is we do not have the right to be wrong. We only have the right to be right. Now think about this for just a minute. Why is it that we use the word right could we come up with another word? When you say rights, aren't you immediately saying that there are also wrongs? So there are rights and there are wrongs. Why would we use the word rights? Well, I think the word rights comes right out of Scripture. We, as people of God, and I'm not talking about members of the Richmond Church of Christ. I'm not talking about Bible-believing, immersed Christians. I'm talking about people. Remember at the beginning, I gave the proposition based on how the word is used that rights are granted from a source to a subject. We talk about animal rights, for instance. What rights do animals have? The rights that we give them. That's just how it is. There are no, by nature, natural, just rights. That's a human concept. And so when we use the word right, we're talking about being right. Here's what I know from 1 Peter 1, verse 15. As he who called you is holy, so you be holy. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. 
God, the source, granted us the right to be holy. Yes, we have the opportunity not to be holy, but we only have the right to be holy. He made us for that purpose. The purpose to do right and to be right, corrupted by sin, says, no, we're not holy. And we had the opportunity not to be. But we don't have the right not to be. One more passage, Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16. I think this passage lays it out there. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now look at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. It seems to me that God is saying, my wrath is coming on those who are not right. I'm not granting you the right to be wrong. He admits the opportunity to be wrong. But it seems more consistent to me with Scripture. Now, I'm not talking about the secular use of the word, because obviously the secular use of the word in our country says, yeah, you got the right to be wrong. Sure. You can drive 100 miles an hour on the interstate if you want to, but if you get caught, you're going to pay for it. And that's your right. No. Even in our country, I'm not sure that's the right. It's just an opportunity. I like using Bible words and Bible ways. And I like the idea where God said, I am going to put my wrath on people who are not right. And if God's wrath is against people who are not right, why would he ever grant them the right not to be right? Why would he permit? Why would he say, you have my permission not to be right? Think about it in the standpoint of a family. Every family that raises children knows that they're going to mess up. But did you ever sit them down and say, you have every right from me to do anything you want to do. Go ahead. But you're in trouble if you do certain things. I don't think good parents would ever do that. They're not ever going to say, I give you right to do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to beat you if you do. I think most parents are going to say, you don't have that right. You have the right to do what I have taught you, trained you, and controlled you to be. That's your right. But if you take an opportunity to do elsewise, then the wrath of parents might come in. Very simply, I think, that when we use the word rights, 
I like to see them defined by God first. And when God talks about rights, He's talking about righteousness. And we, as the subject of God, our source, only have the right to be right. I can't ball my fist up and say to God, God, I have the right to rebel against you if I want to. I have the right to do whatever I want to do. That in itself says there's a problem here. We all have the opportunity, and we've all taken it to do wrong. But let us not be deluded into thinking that being wrong is one of those innate rights given to us by God in creation. It seems not to be the truth to me. Now, if you have other thoughts on the matter, love to hear your thoughts. But that's my idea about being the right to be wrong. I know this. When God's wrath in Romans 1 is explained, here's what I think he's saying. Look around. God's wrath in Romans 1 can be defined as God allowing the people he made to destroy themselves. That's what Romans 1 is about. And so his wrath is stepping back and allowing them to destroy themselves. That's his wrath working in their decisions and in their lives. And God will let us destroy ourselves too. He doesn't want it. But his wrath can be seen that very same way in societies and in people. But he wants us to be right. And tonight every one of us needs to think about being right. It's tough. It's not easy. But we want to be right. We're calling people to be right. Let's stand for what is right. Admitting the opportunities that others have not to be right. Well, if you're not right with God, I think tonight would be a great time to get right with God with another person, or even get right with yourself. Talk to our shepherds if you need while we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.